Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. Hey, amazing Ridiculous News listeners. We wanted to put this special note for y'all at the top of this episode that after this season, we're going on hiatus. We have had such a blast creating this show for y'all. It has been one of the coolest creative experiences of our careers. And so, of course, we want to stay in touch with you all. So for updates, follow us on social media. I'm on Instagram at Mark Kendall Comedy. And I'm at Whirly Bird Pictures. That's W-O-R-L-E-Y. And of course, follow Ridiculous News Podcast as well for updates. We would love to hear from y'all. Okay, so without further ado, let's get to this amazing episode. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Mark Kendall, I'm an Atlanta-based comedian, and today we are doing a deep dive into the world of NBA superstar LeBron James. He's a living legend, uh, arguably the greatest of all time, depending on who you're talking to about NBA players being the GOAT, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, it's a heatly contested debate. Is it LeBron? Is it Jordan? Uh, you know. Who knows? And so we're going to explore some of his lesser-known facts and stories. Uh, my amazing co-host Bill is away today, but we are joined by the incredible Ricky Boynton. Ricky is a phenomenal actor and comedian who you may recognize from the viral smash hit Too Many Cooks on Adult Swim. Uh, he's been on Heels on the Stars Network. Uh, and also, you might know him from his hilarious videos on his at Ricky Random social media channels. Welcome, Ricky. Hey, thanks for having me back, Mark. I'm appreciated to be here. Absolutely. Well, we're going to hop in uh, to our first segment, which is what we do every time we have a guest, which is called Giving Them Their Flowers. So this is where I'm going to give you a compliment. You can't return it. You just got to accept these flowers. And Ricky, because we're talking about 
LeBron today. This is a specific compliment for you. But because we're talking about LeBron today, you are the best person to like talk about basketball with. I love like calling you up or whatever. And we'll talk about LeBron. We'll talk about like what's going on with the Lakers. We'll talk about what's going on like with the Hawks, whoever. You know, but it's like I feel like we can talk about basketball all day. So I'm really excited to record this episode with you. But I'm also really excited because you're the best person to talk about this topic with. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Likewise to you, man. Um, when you said that uh we'll be discussing LeBron James, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. just tell me the time of the day that I'm in. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a buff or anything like that, but I just love talking about it with you, uh basketball. So Let's have some fun, man. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to hop into our news nibbles. Uh, so these are some quick stories about LeBron James. But before we do, I kind of wanted to preface this episode a little bit, right? So uh, LeBron James, maybe you're a fan of basketball. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a fan of LeBron. Maybe you're not. Either way, I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of info on who's who this person is. I mean, his, his NBA career spans 20 years. Like he's currently in his 20th season and he's not really showing that many signs of slowing down and nope. in addition to that he's very active off the court with his different business ventures and whatnot so even though this whole episode's about him you need so much more time to cover everything that he does that said here's a little intro bio onto who lebron james is from st vincent st mary So LeBron, as I said earlier, he's a basketball player with the NBA, currently playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you know, he first appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was still in high school. Uh, when he joined the NBA, uh, he was Rookie of the Year. And even before he played a single NBA game, he signed a seven-year, $87 million contract with Nike. I, I remember when that happened. So he was just a... Um, just like a super, super touted, highly touted prospect, you know. At that point, I don't know if there had been many players that had had as much hype surrounding them before they went to the league. Only a couple other players had achieved this level of hype. Um, so as I said earlier, he's currently in his 20th NBA season. Uh, throughout his time in the NBA, he's been a four-time NBA champion, uh, a finals MVP each of those years. One of those championships that he won was with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in 2016, and that ended Cleveland's 52-year Major League Sports Team drought. Um, at the time of this recording, he is well on his way to passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time NBA scoring record, and that record mm. has stood for about 38 years. So this is a person that's really um, broken all kinds of records and had just like a really illustrious uh, career can't really say enough about it. Uh, and then, as I mentioned off the court, he's a successful businessman, and he's the first active <clears throat> NBA player to be a billionaire. So, just a really fascinating person. Found this article from Complex by Adam Caparel, and it was a really interesting premise. So, for this article, it's from a couple years ago, but they went to different like journalists and people that had had time to spend with LeBron, that had either interviewed him, knew him, talked to him, and they asked them to share their favorite LeBron stories. So for our news nibbles, I was going to share a couple of those. So this first one is okay. from Jameel Hill, uh, who's an amazing sports writer, podcaster, yeah. uh, just awesome person. They were also the narrator of the documentary uh, executive produced by LeBron called Shut Up and Dribble. And she remembers LeBron's unselfish play during his first nationally televised game in high school. So I'm going to share the uh, story that she shared for this complex article. 
This is from Jamil Hill. My favorite memory of LeBron was his first nationally televised high school game on ESPN. This was when he was at St. Mary's. I was working at the Detroit Free Press at the time, and of course, everybody in the arena, in the nation, wanted to know if this guy was legit. Does he really have the goods? I remember looking at him pregame. I wondered, somebody needs to check his birth certificate because there's no way this kid is 17 years old because he was bigger than everybody in the arena. But what was interesting, too, is that he already had a star power about him that was incredible for someone that age. Jay-Z was at the game. Other celebrities, he was yucking it up with Dick Vitale. Physically, the way he looked, he could play in the NBA the next night. Then, during the game, I hadn't seen him before and heard about how he was a good passer, and some people compared him to Magic Johnson. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. But what impressed me was he really did try the most to get his teammates involved. That was clearly very important to him. He knew at any moment he could go off for 50 or 60 points, but to him, the more important thing was to make sure his teammates were in a position to be able to showcase themselves. It was on national TV, and these are high school kids. So he was just selfless during the game. Then after the game, he's walking in the hallway, and it's clear he's not only the best player on the team, but the most liked. And that said a lot about his personality, his charisma, that in a situation where everyone around him at that age has every reason to be jealous of him, to resent him, they were all legit cheering for him and in on this moment that they were all sharing. So I thought that was a a great memory to share and also tells you a lot about just (laughs) honestly the circus that has surrounded and followed this person since they were in high school. Since they were in high school, and you say um, he's this is twentieth season, so he's probably what like thirty seven between thirty seven and thirty nine, maybe. Yeah, um, let's see. I think he's like I think he's about. That's a great question. I think he's around that time, somewhere in that age range. Yeah. So not only um, did he ex- um, experience that at a young age, but he experienced that his entire adult life. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy and. He also takes care of his like his partners and all that stuff off the court too. Like, isn't some of his like um, teammates or some of his friends like in business with him or work for so. him and stuff like that? Like, um, isn't um one of those um well known um sports agents uh, Rich? Oh, uh, uh, Rich Paul. Is isn't Rich Paul a, a real good friends with him? Yeah, I know that they go back for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's always um, been doing stuff like that. And on the court, um, I've heard, like, he has, like, one of the best basketball's IQs in the game. Mm-hmm. And you can always see him doing, like, you know, plays to, like, get his teammates involved and stuff like that. That's one thing I really enjoy about watching him is not just – because if he wanted to, he could just take the ball down the court, like, you know, uh, full speed um, Giannis style and just – dominate but sometimes he wants to just slow it down and make sure his um, teammates get established and get there um and start getting um fired up too and just start getting going getting going and stuff like that so i i really enjoy watching lebron for sure for sure um i was going to share another story this is from lee jenkins uh mm-hmm. and this is another uh sports writer who's known lebron james through the years and they had a really interesting story uh, about how they were interviewing LeBron, and then he ended up becoming part of a wedding ceremony. So this is how the story goes. What? Yeah. 
So this is from uh, Lee Jenkins talking about a story about LeBron. Okay? okay. So he had just won his first championship. The first time I had ever interviewed him was April of 12, 2012. And it was in a hotel in Jersey City. And I interviewed him for like an hour. I thought the interview went really well. And he was in the midst of this great individual season. And I said, when you win it in two months, I want to sit down with you right afterwards. And he said, okay. So I saw him before game one in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, by the way, just for context, is who they were playing in the finals that year. Uh, back to the back to the article. And I gave him a quick little wave as sort of a, I hope we're still on if you win this thing and we can talk. He did give me the time. I met him at the Ritz in Coconut Grove. It was 48 hours after they beat the Thunder. I was supposed to meet him on the bottom floor of the Ritz, and I was supposed to get a conference room. He shows up, and he's got Bronny with him. Who was so little. Uh, by the way, Bronny is uh, LeBron James Jr., Bronny James, his son. Bryce, who again is another one of his kids, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of friends. The article goes on to say, this Jewish wedding was starting to percolate in the area. Like, pictures were laid out, but nobody was out yet. So I said to him, it was a beautiful day out. Can we do this on the veranda? He's like, sure. So we go out there and I'm talking to him. I might have talked to him for 45 minutes. And I'm sort of wondering, when is this wedding going to get going? Because this would be really an interesting blend. And all of a sudden, people start coming down and seeing him. They're pointing at him, and the guests are banging on the windows, and they're all in their tuxes and everything. And he kind of looks at them and looks at me, and I'm like, hey, I I didn't know this was going to happen. So we walk out. Oh, no. And he walks out into the wedding, and everyone kind of raises a glass to him. (laughs) And he said lahaim to everybody. And he just said, you're getting rings. I'm getting a ring. It was really cool. He went in there and took a picture with the bride and groom. And I just thought that was just like a funny <laughs> random story. That's hilarious. Can you picture yeah. LeBron's face when he see all the people just banging on the glass? And, right. And well, I wedding. mean, imagine also, too, like you go to this wedding, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, is that LeBron James LeBron? outside? And then he comes in and he's like, yo, what's up, everybody? And people get pictures with LeBron. <laughs> I, know, I wonder if the bride was like, pissed off like a split second before she knew who it was. <laughs> like, who's still in my moment? <laughs> or maybe it's the opposite, where it's just like, yo, this just got so much better, you know, like I was saying, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, right before she found out who it was, right, she was like, right, oh, right. this can be the best, this can be the best wedding ever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but like, I, man, dude, he, <laughs> I'm surprised LeBron didn't just start running. Like, I, I wonder what's like the craziest, like, you know, fan moment that he's ever had besides like um that's a crazy one right there but like you know has he had any any that was like just like i can't believe that just happened type thing you know like how michael jackson used to be like you know running down the street yeah you know, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure he's probably experienced something like that because i mean like we just said in the previous story right i mean he's been super famous for his whole adult life so i mm-hmm. guess at a certain point maybe you just get used to it <laughs> or Actually, maybe do you, maybe you don't. I don't know. But at least maybe it becomes just an everyday occurrence, whether or not you get used to it. I wonder how his um how it is for his family. Like, are they used to mm. it? Or like, you know, are there are there some um people in his family that they're like, you know, hey, I you do you, but I'd rather not be in the spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I I gotta imagine it's similar to being in the like in in a president's family or something like that something similar oh yeah you know yeah. i gotta imagine it's a similar thing well anyway uh a wedding is is awesome but a wedding with lebron james even better in my opinion we're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, we're talking about LeBron James. I'm joined by my amazing uh, guest co-host, Ricky Boynton. And so I want to continue sharing some interesting facts about LeBron James. And this next one is from a transcript from Bill Simmons of The Ringer. And he is talking about how much LeBron James invests 
in his own body. So this is Bill Simmons talking, where he says, I just by chance spent some time with Maverick Carter. I asked him, what's the biggest misconception about LeBron? What's the one thing people don't realize about LeBron? And he said, people don't realize how hard he works on his body. I'm like, what do you mean? LeBron spends a million and a half dollars a year on his body, Maverick Carter said. And what does that mean? And he's like, well, he's replicated the gym that whatever team, whether it was Miami or Cleveland, at the time of this uh, transcript, he was playing for Cleveland. Article goes on to say, he's replicated all the equipment they have in the team's gym in his house. He has two trainers. Everywhere he goes, he has a trainer with him. I'm paraphrasing what he told me, so I might not be getting all these facts right. He's got chefs. He has all the science of how to sleep. All these different things. Masseuses. Everything he does in his life is constructed to have him play basketball and to stay on the court and be as healthy as possible and to absorb punishment when he goes into the basket and he gets crushed by people. And so what I thought was really interesting about that story, Ricky, was, well, one, it's fascinating hearing how at the time of this article he spent a million and a half dollars a year on his body. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more, you know, because right. this, this, this story was from years ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more. But, you know, you had mentioned earlier, Ricky, about LeBron James's basketball IQ. And mm-hmm. not only does he show that IQ on the court, but he shows that off the court as well. He's like, hey, I need to take care of my body. I need to sleep right. I need to eat right. You know? Yeah. So that's what he invests in. And he looks great. Mm-hmm. And he looks great. And I think a lot of the injuries that he has now is not necessarily from him not taking care of himself. I think it's more of just um, age. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is because he's played so long, the wear and tear in his body, some things are um, you just can't avoid. And keep in mind, just about, what, 90% of the time that LeBron was in the league, he's been in the playoffs. Yes. So he's playing extra long. Yeah. Uh, he, so, he, yeah, he, he, yeah, he had a stretch of time there where he went to eight straight finals. And, like, he was also playing in multiple Olympic basketball games. So when some people might only have an 82-game season, they're playing another, like, they're playing well into the summertime. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, he's playing so many minutes. He's the best player on these teams. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, that is so much extra exertion. When you say LeBron James has had 20 seasons, it's like 20 seasons and however many postseasons and however many Olympics, it really is even more than that. Right, right. And I, I don't see why he wouldn't just pass out one day, like, you no, know, from exhaustion. Um, because he's always, if you see him, even when he's not playing, he's always in the gym. Or he's always, you know, doing some kind of exercise or some kind of flexibility workout to make himself better, make himself stronger. Because, you know, his age in the in sports in general is considered old. Mm-hmm. And it, and um, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, most people his age would have, you know, retired like, you know, like three or four years ago. Well, you know, what's really interesting is there are people, sportscasters, right? NBA sportscasters, Mm -hmm. where you'll watch a game and several of them played with LeBron or played against LeBron. And they're now well into their second career as a sportscaster. Yeah. And I'm just like, this dude doesn't seem, just by how he's playing, he doesn't seem like he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. Because I truly think he wants to 
in his career playing with his son, with Bronny. I truly think so. I think it's going to be, and this is the the fairy tale, you know, he goes back once again to Cleveland to play with uh, Bronny. And then if they have it, uh, if, if it's possible, be there with um, the spider, Donovan Mitchell, that would be a nice little trio right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about like what we see for LeBron in the future, and it'll be interesting to see what what does come next. Uh, this next article I wanted to share is from the Bleacher Report by Nick Domingo, and it's it's an article about 15 things you never knew about LeBron James. So I just pulled a couple interesting facts, and I wanted to share some of them with you. And Ricky, you let me know if you know some of these things. All right. Okay. So so apparently LeBron James he shoots the basketball right handed, but he writes left handed. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense because when you watch him play basketball, he can go to his right, he can go to his left. And so I guess he just has like advanced dexterity in both arms. That's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, I mean, of course, I would think if he writes left handed, he would shoot left handed, but mm-hmm. um, that makes him an even, even better player. <laughs> like, For sure. Uh, another one crazy. is so he famously went straight from high school uh, to the NBA. But he's mm-hmm. been asked before, like, well, if you were to go to college, where would you have gone? He says he would have chosen Ohio State University. He's from Ohio. He's from Akron. Uh, that makes sense. I can see uh, definitely Ohio State. But also, I can see, um, for some reason, I can see North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Um, following on uh, Michael Jordan's step. Michael Jordan. Uh, following yeah, Michael Jordan's steps a little bit. I, yeah, I can't see Duke for any reason, but I can definitely see North Carolina you know, following mm-hmm. Michael's footsteps. So that would be mm-hmm. cool to see, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one I thought was interesting. So LeBron James, he has a bunch of tattoos, right? But apparently mm-hmm. back in high school, the private school that he went to made it so he and his teammates had to cover up their ink during games. And so when you go back and you look at pictures of LeBron James from high school, he has like armbands or patches where his tattoos otherwise would have been, you, you would have been able to see them otherwise, but he has them covered up. And I just didn't realize that. I thought that was cool. I, yeah, I didn't realize that too. I just thought it was just like a, a fashion statement that he was doing. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah, also, yeah. He's also big in the fashion as well. But I didn't even know he had tattoos at that age. Yeah, but, I, I suppose I suppose he did because it's like you can see the uh, according to this article he he had he had a couple that he had to cover up. So you might wonder like why does LeBron James wear number twenty three? Well, that's like a, playing homage to Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Um, but he's also worn the number six at different times. So. In the Olympics, uh, when he was with Miami, for example, and uh, apparently he picked number six because his first son was born on October six. Uh, also, by that point, it was already his Olympic number, and his second son was born in June, the sixth month of the year. No, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's real cool. You're paying homage to his his kids. Uh, I wonder if he like does other like rituals on the court to pay homage to his family and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I wonder how the um you know the famous um what he does with the chalk when he when he blows yes. it uh his hand he blows it out and stuff like that yeah uh, so wonder, like before the scores yeah. like so before like basketball games he'll go over to the scores table rub his hands in chalk and then like spread it up into the air so if you've seen any like LeBron advertisements you've probably seen that I was just wondering where that started from did it start from high school or is this something like him and his teammates would thought about or was he paying homage to like one of his favorite players? I don't know. I don't know the um, history on that. You know, I don't know. I, so he, uh, I mean, he's a great player. He's also like a very savvy person, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I I, sometimes wonder, did he start doing that? Because it's like, 
I know this looks good. I know it looks cool. This helps my brand. And I'm not trying to be cynical or anything like that, but I'm also kind of curious if it's just like, hey, this looks cool and I'm going to do it every time so that you can use it in posters and things like that. So It could be because yeah. how many people start doing that once they saw him do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whether, yeah. They're playing, whether they're playing on high school basketball or college, whatever, people start doing that and you just see like memes of him doing it and stuff. So it, it could be, a, it would have been a great publicity stunt. So it'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree on that. Yeah. Um, I wonder that, yeah, I just, I didn't know if it was just like something that they, he thought of, like pay homage to it. Or it could just some, like you said, that he just thought of before him, like, yeah, you know, people like if I start doing this. So, yeah. Yeah. And you never know what LeBron do. Sometimes, like <laughs> you said, he's very, he's that intelligent when yeah. it comes to um, not just sports, but just like marketing himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just phenomenal to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought this fact was interesting. This one comes from Complex by Jose Martinez and Gavin Evans. Uh, and the article is called 25 Things You Didn't Know About LeBron James. And so, uh, during a teachers versus students game in eighth grade, he got the ball on a breakaway and threw down his first dunk. Oh, I thought you were going to say he dunked on one of his teachers. I wish that was oh, the case, too. Oh, that would have been oh, amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? It's just like, this is what you get for give me a B in math, Mr. <laughs> Solomon, or, or, or whoever. I don't know. I don't know. But like, a C in algebra? Take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Hey, Smith, you want to oh. give me this biology? Take this dunk. You know, I, I don't know. But, but yeah, oh. I, I would just be so hyped. If a student playing against the teachers dunked it in a game, you know, and that was yeah. their first time dunking it, you know, oh, you know, the entire uh, uh, crowd went wild. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know how you know how we do. Everybody just started running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody started running on the court and stuff like that. Yeah, after that, it, waiting on it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. After that, it's just like school's over, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Everybody yeah. go home. Half day. Half day. Half day. Half day. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, and we're continuing to talk about LeBron James. And for this next segment, I just kind of want to talk about what might be going on for LeBron James and his future. So as we've mentioned a couple times already, he's in his 20th season right now. He's still playing at a high level, but at a certain point, his playing career will end sooner or later. And there's an article from the Bleacher Report by Timothy Rapp saying that LeBron James says he will own an NBA team after retirement. So the article goes on to say, that um, I will own a team someday. Uh, That's what he said in an interview. That's my next thing. He added, why do I want to own a team? I think it'll be cool. So he shared some additional reasons as to why he wanted to own a team. Said, I'll stay part of the game and still be able to put people in positions of power. I've always loved that. Uh, Putting people in a position of power to feel like they can make a change and make things happen. Um, And so I thought that that was kind of cool. I mean, Michael Jordan, is a owner of an NBA team. Uh, and I think it's cool to see NBA players transition into positions of power uh, mm-hmm. after they finish playing. Um, one, just as a path for athletes to continue to use their skills, use their knowledge, you know, after they finish playing. Um, yeah. Because what I what I hate seeing, what, what sucks so much, and unfortunately it's, it's common with athletes, is like, you know, they get a lot of money when they're playing. Maybe they don't have the resources, the, the ability to hold on to that money. And then mm-hmm. their playing career is over. And so they're in a tough position. So I like seeing players, you know, becoming general managers, owning a team, becoming coaches, sportscasters, whatever it is, staying with the league, staying with the sport that they helped build, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, 
you've seen them be coaches for a while, but like these other positions, like you were talking about, that's still pr- relatively new. Mm-hmm. So like, um, it's cool. Like I think like D Wade isn't Dwayne Wade like part owner of the Jazz. Oh, I didn't know that. That that's cool. I, I think, oh, I think that, that sounds that it. sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um I'm excited for people, more people, uh, more athletes to, um, keep at um creating their sales uh, uh re um what's the word I'm trying to say uh, recreating themselves um into that second career or their third career. And you know, still have opportunities like that because um, I remember. Do you remember? Have you ever seen that at Thirty for Thirty ESPN um, documentary called Broke? No, but I've heard about it. I need to watch it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. It was talking about athletes in different sports, how they'll have so much money, but yeah, at the end of their career, they lose it all, mm-hmm. and the reasons why they lose it all, and the situation that they um, been through, and they say sometimes they don't have opportunities once they their careers are finished, but um, that was just a few years. I think that was like uh, the 2010s when that came out. But anyway. Um, oh, and to circle and back now, on something that you shared earlier, uh, D- Dwayne Wade, you're right. Dwayne Wade is a, a part owner of the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, that's, that's awesome. See, uh, do you think LeBron uh, would try to be owner or part owner of the Cavaliers? You know, that's a good question. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um I unfortunately I don't have any sources to back this up, but I've heard sometimes people talk about him wanting to own an expansion team in Vegas. So like oh. the, if the league were to expand to Vegas, he'd own a Vegas team. Again, I don't I can't point to where I heard that. I just know I've heard people talk about that, but unfortunately I don't know if that's anything more than a rumor. But um but Cleveland would also well, be cool. Yeah. Well Vegas would be a good spot because Vegas now have the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So and um, bring some more um, sports entertainment to Las Vegas. That would be a great idea. That'd be a great idea on both parties for um, Vegas and for LeBron. Um, so, that, but as I was just thinking of Cleveland because you know he started in Cleveland, left, won some championships, came back, won a championship there, left. I'm thinking he wants to finish his career if he could finish his career with his son in Cleveland. So and, and you know how Cleveland is uh, was just Ohio in general is so special to him mm-hmm. that I thought you know he would probably want to um, be owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's why I was asking that question. But yeah, at the same time, yeah. On a bi- business statement, because like D Wade, you would think he would probably want to try to own the Heat, a part owner of the Heat. But no, he's part owner of the Utah Jazz, mm. and it's probably an even better um, business move for him for doing that. So mm. yeah. It'd be interesting to see what he does. So, so I found it. So apparently, uh, on Rick Buecher's podcast, and his podcast uh, is called On the Ball, and uh, he, w- Rick Buecher, was talking about LeBron in Las Vegas, and he was quote Rick mm-hmm. Buecher was quoted as saying, "LeBron James apparently is in the pole position to be the owner of the Las Vegas expansion franchise when Las Vegas and Seattle, which I'm told is going to happen as soon as the next TV deals are in place." that those franchises are going to be added to the equation, which has a whole lot of repercussions, including the timing of when LeBron decides to step aside and become an owner rather than a player. And uh, so that was from Rick Buecher's podcast, and I found that quote on uh, si.com. Um, so it's very so interesting. Going to an expansion team, and does that mean, uh, side note, that the Supersonics are coming back? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if they would be the Supersonics or a different team entirely, but yeah, that's a good question for sure. 
I was because I, I was a huge fan of Super Sonics with like Gary Payton and Sean yeah. Kemp. Gary Payton and Sean uh, Kemp was a great, great duo. The, the Alley Oops man was just mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of like when they um, sold the Supersonics to OKC, who is now mm-hmm. the Thunder. I was just like, why? Because you had great teams there, but I, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have enough, make enough money there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to LeBron, I would. It would be cool to see him as the owner of a new team. Yeah. Um, would it be like, um, <laughs> you know how the Cleveland Browns were named after Coach Brown? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it'd be like it'd be LeBron's name in it somewhere as the mascot? Uh, you know that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty funny. The, the, uh, yeah. The what would the, be? The, it, can, it can't be the Brownies. Well, we have Brownies. <laughs> well, if Sacramento weren't the Kings, I'd say I would think the Kings too. The Kings, but, you know, but Sacramento's the Kings already. So I don't know. Well, I got a question for you, Ricky. Is okay. you know, so we we've talked about LeBron wanting to be an owner after retiring, but the reality is he's got a bunch of other stuff going on as well. You know, he's got so many businesses. He also has a mm-hmm. thriving like Hollywood acting and producing career. Um, and we didn't get an we didn't really have a chance to get into this. He's also like active with social issues going on in the world as well. Like he uses his platform to speak on things that are important to him. All that to yeah. say, you know, given all that he's had his hands in so far up until this point, after he finishes playing basketball, what is something you would like to see LeBron do next? Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, besides own a team, um, part of me says maybe somehow go into more politics. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying like sure. run run for senator or anything like that, but I'll see mm-hmm. like be more active in politics, which I think he's going to be doing anyway mm-hmm. uh, because he'll have more time after the uh, season is done. Um, I just think um, he's just going to be his own business in general that deals with politics, that deals with entertainment, that deals with sports. Kind of like people think I'm crazy, but he probably gonna own his own network. Oh no, I think that's definitely possible for sure. Yeah, I would. I would like to see him. I would like to see him own his own network and give more, um, more of us African Americans more opportunities and give more athletes more opportunities. Um, so it's also hard to see, like, you know what he can do with that's more because he's also doing so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, and while playing a full season in the right. playoffs in 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 the NBA basketball, mm-hmm. so um, I would say just keep going what he's doing, you know, because he's probably have everything we're talking about. He's probably already thinking about it right now. He's just like, I can't, I don't have the time because mm-hmm. I'm also an athlete. Yeah, but once he yeah, retires, yeah. man, it's gonna be crazy, man. He probably gonna he probably gonna own the U.S. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> well, hey, dude, I'm not. <laughs> Well, we're going to move on to our final segment, which is called Our Spring of Inspiring Inspiration. So this is when we pull uh, an inspirational quote to end things on a positive note. And so this one comes from LeBron James, of course, and his quote is as follows. I always say, decisions I make, I live with them. There are always ways you can correct them or ways you can do them better. At the end of the day, I live with them. thought that was a fun quote. And, you know, we didn't get as much a chance to talk about this as much, but something that I like about LeBron James is as much as he wins or succeeds, I also, mm-hmm. this may sound weird, but it's like, I also appreciate the way that he fails. You know, like he's had some yeah. big, high-profile failures on the basketball court. And I think a lot of times people sometimes use that to 
penalize him or mm-hmm. count it against him when comparing him to someone like Michael Jordan, for example. But to me, with sports or with anything, I feel like watching how someone comes back after those Girls, like yeah. public failures are just as important or just as interesting. And I think that that's a big part of what I enjoy about him as an athlete on the court. Yeah, and that's why um, him like LeBron James, the Michael Jordans, the Guy Russell, the Kobe Bryant's, that's what um, sets them apart from everyone else is when they, when they fail, they realize, oh, they always learn from their failures. Like, oh, okay, next time I'm coming better and stronger. And sure enough, within the next season, they always dominate. So, yeah, I totally agree on that. Yeah. Uh, well, Ricky, thank you so much uh, for joining uh, Ridiculous News today to talk about LeBron. What's the best way for people to stay in touch with you and support you? Uh, you can find me on most social platforms under Ricky, R-I-C-K-E-Y, random, R-A-N-D-O-M, one word, on TikTok, on Instagram, and on YouTube, um, and on Pinterest. Yeah, so uh, follow your boy. Awesome. Please follow Ricky. He's a great follow. And as always, thank you for tuning into Ridiculous News. We know you have a lot of choices of what to listen to, so we say this genuinely. Thank you. You can also email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com and on Facebook and IG, all the ridiculous news. And you can check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast 
Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.